You're always looking for staff 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, because you never know when you're going to run into a person that just fits right in. From the man who wrote the book on human behavior, a special edition, Richard Flint Podcast. Let's talk about it. Let's talk human behavior. Over my years of doing what I do, I have worked with many small to medium business owners. They open their doors, begin their adventure, and come face to face with the reality of being a business owner. Now, (laughs) the pace, the patience, the confidence are all tested. You know what, folks? It's exciting to dream about owning your own business, but there is sure a lot to learn. The challenge is, where do you turn? Who do you reach out to? How do you gather those business tips you need to keep your passion strong, your focus intact, and your doubts under control? Because I tell you, your passion is going to be nibbled on. And I think there will be times when you'll think, what have I gotten myself into? Well, I have really great news for you. My guest today is one of what I consider to be one of the top business coaches alive today. His name is Bob Greenwood, and don't hold it against him because he's a Canadian. Just understand he may talk a little funny. We're going to give you some business tips that you need to write down. You need to understand. You need to put them into your library of understanding. And I'm so excited to introduce you to Bob Greenwood, who I really do believe is one of the top business coaches, business minds I've ever met. Bob, I am Honored, really honored to share this time with you. Well, thank you, Richard, and it is a pleasure to be here. Um, It's an honor for me to be invited. Thank you. We go back several years, do we not? Many years. uh, I believe it goes back close to 15 years now, Richard. Wow, time flies, Bob. It has. Who is Bob Greenwood? Bob Greenwood is a business management consultant to the automotive aftermarket industry in North America. I travel Canada and the United States uh, doing presentations and business management courses as well as addressing conventions when I'm asked to do so. I've been in my business for 37 years now. I've uh, enjoyed it and I specialize strictly in the independent sector of the automotive aftermarket, which is the local garage and parts supplier that basically fix your car after the dealer warranty is up. So there's many of those little businesses out there and many automotive service shops that we look after. But we specialize in developing the business and taking it to the highest level that the owner can capable of being and achieving. It's something I have a strong passion for. I love it very much. Fabulous people in the automotive field. Just fabulous. It's just unfortunately, they need some business direction. Okay, Bob, I can see people's minds spinning right now. If they're a small business owner or they're thinking about owning a business, they go, now, wait a minute. This guy specializes in the automotive. and My dream is not to be in the automotive. So what can he teach me? That's a good question because business is business. Whether I'm running an automotive service shop or whether I'm running a funeral home or whether I'm running a restaurant, business is business. And it's the business criteria behind your particular skill that has to be fine-tuned now and then. Yeah, I know that many times I get asked the question, how do you speak to so many different groups? You can't be an expert in all those fields. 
And I tell people, the only thing that changes from industry to industry is the product. People are always the same. Correct. No matter where you go, the issues transfer from business to business to business. Very much so. Because in most businesses, they're a people-driven business. You're dealing with customers, clients, and staff. That's your common denominators. Yeah, and some days, all three of those are not a lot of fun. That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're, we're living, Bob, in some very interesting times right now because there's so many people who have lost their jobs because of the transition of the economy. There are people who are tired of working for someone else. Or one of the phenomenons today, there are many people who are retiring at an age where they've not finished their business journey. These people are going into their own business. And I, I sense, I see, I feel, I hear, they do it by not fully understanding what's involved in being a business owner. They have the excitement. We've seen that. They have the desire. We felt that. But you said it just a little earlier. They may not have the business knowledge to fully understand what they're doing. Do you see this? I see it all the time. And as you said, I see the excitement that people have when they open their business. And I, I know they have a certain skill that they're going to deliver in their business, but they have never really thought out the actual business portion. And that is where they get caught moving forward. And you know, excitement can only take you so far, correct? Absolutely. Emotion does run out. I mean, we do get tired, but we have to have the balance in the business, the checks and balances to make sure the business moves forward. And I've seen a lot of people get into business and they start gung-ho and they get going. And then about three to five years later, it just starts to drill down and you see their attitudes change. You see their daily routine change. And all of a sudden, it's not any more fun. That's a problem. Here's what I want to do. I want to put you on the hot seat. And I've got nine questions I want to ask you. And I want you to reach into your bag of experience, your bag of knowledge. And I want you to, to bring to the people who are listening today some business sense or some business tips that will help them move their business forward. Because I don't know if you see what I see, but most small to average business owners get trapped in a circle of sameness. Do you see that? Absolutely. And are they always willing to listen to you? No. You know, I know they have good desires and they want to be polite, but the fact is is that when they get trapped into that sameness, they also believe that, well, I know what I'm doing now. I know what it's all about. And uh, I hear things, oh, I know how that game's played. You know, and that's, that's the circle they get in. And uh, unfortunately, they don't see it until you can stop them and have a conversation with them. But boy, Which, it's hard that, for them to be honest and admit what they don't know, Correct. Correct, because they take it very personally, which is understandable. Um, but again, that's the emotion coming through versus the thinking portion, thinking with clarity. What am I trying to do and how am I doing it? Okay, here's our first question. You and I see many people come into their own business. And within that three to five year time, and sometimes it's sooner than that, they tend to fail. And if you were sitting and talking to someone who was just getting ready to open their doors of business. What advice would you give them? Every new business owner who is opening up a business, 
has a picture in their mind. I've met them all the time. And they explain a picture to me, where they want to go. They explain to me, say, you know, I know there's this need out there. I know we can make it work. But one of the biggest mistakes that new business owners make is they do not write out their vision and prove the math in a solid plan that it will work. You've got to write it out because once you start putting things into words and putting a picture into words, you're realizing how much more clarity you need in order for somebody else to see that same picture that you have in your mind. And by doing that, it then puts you in a position to now start explaining it to your team that you're going to be hiring within the business, whether it's one, two, or three employees or 10 employees. You've got to be able to write out that vision Explain it clearly so that your team sees the same picture that you have. And the purpose of that is that you are realizing that you are trying and going to attract people that are looking to have a career with your business and not just a job. Most people do not enjoy what they do every day because it's a job. But when you have a career, you want to accomplish the same things that the owner does and take pride in being part of it. So write out that vision in words. Back up that plan through the mathematics to make sure it works. And clearly explain it to your team to make sure you got the right team in place that they don't buy into it, they believe in it. And I've talked to many of my clients, and I said, I really don't want your staff to buy into this. I want them to believe in it. They want to be part of it as they clearly understand it. If I'm that business owner and I'm not clear, I don't have that picture in my head because I'm working right now on sketching it. Is it possible sometimes, Bob, that if you go into business before you have the sketch, you're pretty much doomed to fail? Absolutely. And that's where people are rushing things too much. They, instead of looking after the detail, I'd rather take an extra six months to put my plan together to make sure it works. Because what happens, Richard, is I've seen a lot of business owners open up a business without understanding, with clear, decisive thinking, that they are taking their family down a journey that could create financial hardship or financial joy. And if you don't have that clear, every step that you want to make and brought in the right counsel to help you with your checks and balances, the last thing you want to do is put duress on your family. That's heavy. I've got a young man that I work with, and he bought his business because his uncle said, you can do this. And, you know, you can always trust family. So (laughs) (laughs) he paid twice as much as he should have paid for the business in the first place, which put him in a hole from the beginning. And he didn't seek counsel. He didn't seek advice. He just jumped in because family is always in your corner. And so he got to the place where every day he would drive up and he would look at a building, not a business. Right. And I told him one day, what you do is you have to drive up here and you got to park your truck here and look at this and say, this is the future for my family. And you got to quit looking at this as a building. You got to see it as a business. And he started without a sketch. And he didn't write it down. So if, if you come to me and you see that I've opened my doors... And I'm I'm gung-ho about business, but I don't have a sketch. I don't have that clear picture. What would you tell me to do? Slow down. Let's back up. Let's have a discussion here. And we're going to take some time together to make sure 
that this is going to be done right. Now, if you do not want to do that, then explain to me how you're going to make this business work. Because just listening to you, I can start to see you've missed this, you've missed that, you've missed that, you're not even covering this. Wait a minute. But I find that most people do not know and can't explain the detail. And so we have to stop them in their tracks. We're being hired, just as you're being hired, to coach people to being better at what they do and achieve what they can achieve. If they're not going to listen to us, then why did they invite us in? Have you had people invite you in that didn't listen to you? Absolutely. What do you do with those people? I had to fire them. I fire clients. I'm just not the person for you. I'm wasting your money. You're wasting my time. I hate to be that blunt, but it's time to part ways. What you're doing there, Bob, I think is something that a lot of business coaches don't do. And that is, they're not on the table with people. They go around the issues. No, I guess I've been criticized for being a bit too blunt sometimes. But the fact is, is that's why we're being hired, is to let's cut through the chase. Let's really discuss this properly, and let's see what road you're going down. And if you're not interested in doing that, then I'm not going to waste your money, and I'm not going to waste my time. That's not the right thing to do. I take great pride in what we do, and... You cannot put a price on a business or on a relationship when you see a person break out and be something they didn't even think they could be, and they were so good at it. You have literally been part of changing their life. I tell you, that's a great reward, isn't it? It's a phenomenal reward. It is just unbelievable. And you have a lifetime relationship with that individual. We know that one of the great issues with people, business owners, is hiring staff. And that so many times these people, they're not good at hiring a staff. What advice, what tips would you give a new business owner who needs to hire staff or who has a staff that's not with them, they need to fire the staff and then find the right staff? What business tips would you give them? You're always looking for staff. 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. Because you never know when you're going to run into a person that just fits right in. One of the biggest mistakes I see that business owners do is that they hire down. Explain that. That's a good statement. What they do is they're hiring bodies to fill a position. They're not hiring competency. And in business today, it's all about your competency to execute what you're going to be doing. And when you hire down, you're just finding a person with a body to fill a position to say, okay, they'll look after it for now until something else happens or I can find somebody else. That's wrong. That hurts your business, hurts your image, hurts your profitability. It also hurts the people you're doing it to. So I've always looked at my own practice and saying, I can't handle everything. I don't know everything. So I'm hiring up. I've got to have somebody who has a better skill than I do with that kind of knowledge and bring them into the company. And if business owners would take that approach, I've got to find somebody who has a better skill than I do to fill this position. Because I'm not excellent at everything. I can't be, but I know where my skills lie. So don't just hire a body. Hire competency. In business today, competent people make 
a company money. And people who are hiring them perceive they can't afford a competent person, where in fact they hire a person who is not competent and lose a great deal of money. Okay, three things, Bob, because this is really important. What do you say to people when they say, well, you know what, there's not a lot of quality people out there, and I just got to hire what I can find? The competent and quality people are already working. I'm not looking for people who are unemployed. I'm looking for people who are already working. Where are they? Do I know the businesses that have competent people? Would one of those people like to come over to my business because they're not happy in that business? Why don't I go and have a conversation with them? To sit there and say I'm going to hire somebody who is not working doesn't make sense. What I'm saying here is that there are some very good people who are unemployed caught in the whole dramatic economic picture. But good, competent people are out there, and most of them are working somewhere. I've always taught my clients to keep an eye out. I'll give you a very quick example. One of my clients was out at a hockey game with one of his buddies. And in the arena, they were having a conversation in between periods. And he was just talking about how he needs this person in his business, and he's trying to find somebody. Lo and behold, sitting right behind him was this young lady, tapped him on the shoulder, said, sorry, sir, I couldn't help but overhear you. I happen to have some of the skills that you're looking for. Do you mind if I come and have an interview with you tomorrow? He turned, certainly you can, absolutely. She had a job and was hired the next day. He was amazed how outgoing she was, how she handled herself, and the skill level that she brought to the table. Who would have ever guessed I found my next employee at a hockey game? So it gives credence to the fact, always be recruiting? Always. And don't ever sit in the position, well, I've got enough people on board now. The people on board in the team understand that skill level must be kept up, and therefore you're always looking for better skill level. So if my skill level and I'm not keeping it up, I know my days could be numbered here. And if I like it here, I'm going to keep my skill level up. Does that make sense? Yeah. Does this go back to the business owner having that clear vision of what he wants for his company? Yes, because within that company are the type of staff that he wants to bring into the company. The competencies, the skill level, the personality, what's he looking for, the attitude. I've always taught my clients one thing, too. I don't hire based on experience. I hire based on attitude. A person with a great attitude will always want to learn and want to do great things. A person with experience usually has a lot of baggage, and it's their way or no way. Would you agree that the worst time to seek to hire somebody is when you need them? Absolutely. That's the wrong time. And it's even in a seasonal business, you've got to hire and train in your off season because you have to have them ready to go when it comes into the seasonal business time. You're always looking for people. And it's again, this is just a business approach. It's a business attitude. As an owner, I'm always got my ears and eyes open. And I never know what day I might meet a very exceptional person. This is why, to me, the word particular is so important, that you have to be particular as to who you hire, because everybody that represents you is a piece of your reputation. An absolute extension of you. And why is it many business owners can't leave their business because their team is not conducting themselves the same way an owner did? Their team has not taken on the responsibility. They're not really believing in the business. They've got a job. All right, our third question. We know that inside the business, when you have your staff, there are certain people that you count on. 
in my vernacular, I call these the camels because I break a company down into three groups, sponges who are new people, spectators who go to work every day just to watch, and then your camels, which are your backbone. One of the things that we've got to be concerned about today is that one of the top groups leaving us is our camels because they're either retiring or they're tired of watching these people who aren't there, these spectators who aren't there to work, run the business. So if you were talking with me as a business owner and you knew my people and you knew that I had some real camels, some real quality people, what advice would you give me about how to keep these people? Your staff are on board with you, and these camels are really part of this business. They believe in what's going on. They're the solid backbone of the business, no doubt about it. Remember one thing. Staff are people, too. And staff have to have a sense of pride, ownership, admiration for themselves, and part of the business. And to retain good staff today is something we say to our clients, get your people engaged bring them in to the inner circle of your business. You're having daily conversations with these people, letting them know what's going on in the business today. What do we got coming up tomorrow? What are some of the issues we want to carry on with? Get their input. Have they got any ideas or solutions to maybe the odd business problem we're facing? What would you do, John? Give me your opinion. I value it. All of a sudden, the staff will start to react. My boss is actually interested in my thoughts about this business. Getting consistency in profitability within the business is critical. Because once we have consistency, then we can create a business profit-sharing plan. Profit-sharing plan is equal amongst all the staff. The rules of engagement are you can't get involved with plan until you've been with the business for at least one year. Because you have to learn the culture of the business, you have to execute it and be part of it. But by entering a profit-sharing plan into the business, it retains good people because they know the efforts they're putting in collectively together as a team is moving the business forward, and they get to partake in that growth. That way... So it's like they, it's a reward for the quality presence they bring. It's an absolute reward, but it's not a bonus program for outstanding performance. It's a profit where we're all equal in our profit sharing. But we are forced to work as a team to execute this business. That way, we've got total company personnel accountability. And when the owner leaves the business, the team takes over. When the owner is out on a business trip or on vacation... The business is moving forward just fine because this team of great staff want to make sure it works all the time. Okay, running a profitable, a quality, a growing business is a mindset. If you could put into one statement the mindset you think a business owner needs in one statement, what would it be? Ownership is a business position with a huge responsibility for the families joining them. And that owner creates what we call a TAP, T-A-P, a team, accountability, and perseverance. Ownership is a business position, and it comes with huge responsibility.
Interesting. I like that. Okay. Question number five. You and I work with businesses sometimes that are not brand new. They've been established. When the business started, they did a lot of things right. But as they moved forward, they seemed to get stuck. So when you look at a business, are there two or three things that you see that most owners forget about as they begin to move their business down the road? The further in you are in the years of being business, the ego sometimes takes over. Apathy starts to settle in. And they don't pay attention to the detail. In every business that deals with the public, it's not about your price. It's about the quality and the experience I get when I deal with you. Once you have an apathetic owner or she has an ego that says, I know everything I need to know about my business and industry, I'm okay. That's when they start to go downhill. And I think you can appreciate with all the economic climate that we've experienced in the past number of years, you've got to stay on top of your game because it's constantly changing. Over time, they figure they know everything now. I need to know about my business. I know what's going on in my industry. I get it. Then they start to wonder why their business starts to go downhill. And they start to blame the world for that rather than looking after the detail of the business that they were supposed to. The interesting thing is, we're a very big believer is that it's not about the price of what you charge. It's about the quality and experience you give your customer base when they deal with you. If they have a great experience because they enjoyed the climate and the atmosphere, they're going to remember you. The owner who doesn't pay attention to the detail and starts taking their customers for granted, their clients for granted, all of a sudden, things are going to change. They take their staff for granted. It's the detail in business that has to be paid attention to each and every day. So one of the things I tell my clients, every morning before you open the doors, I would like you to have a morning scrum. It's going to take five to eight minutes. And in that scrum, you're just going to say, hi, guys, we got our coffee in hand. Let's go. We're going to have a great day today. Here's what we got on our plate. Here's what we accomplished yesterday. Well done. Any questions, any comments, any problems, bring them up now, and let's have a quick discussion. Engage the staff each and every day. I have a lot of companies, Bob, that use my morning minute at this point. They gather their people around, and they share the morning minute with them. Excellent. And then that becomes their seedbed for the day. The Richard Flint Morning Minute in your email inbox every morning is the perfect way to start your day. And listen to this. You can try it for 21 days absolutely free. The Richard Flint Morning Minute (laughs) could make your day. Call toll-free 1-800-368-8255 or go to richardflint.com and get the Morning Minute. Here's my next question for you. Do you find that many times the business owner, when they first come in, they're hungry to learn, but once they start moving, their hunger for learning diminishes? Absolutely. Well, we see that in our current generation. Anybody in their middle 50s and up, they don't want to learn anymore. They've been through so much in their life. And all we can do is encourage them to say education is a lifetime thing. You can't stop educating yourself. Keep your mind active, engage in the topic, engage in the substance, and want to learn. Again, it's an attitude, a desire to want to learn. And 
no business, no owner out there is in a position to say, I never have to learn anything more about my business or my industry from here on in. I can coast for the next 15 years. They won't last three. Not in this economy. All right, here's a big question. You work with family. The business is mom and dad. It may be dad and kids. It may be mom and kids. What tips do you give families that work together to keep them from creating a war and stay connected to a common agenda? What do you tell them? We have a really good conversation on that one because a lot of our clients are in exactly that position. We sit them down and we say there's a couple of things we really have to understand here. We have to learn to separate business from personal, separating business from family issues. So don't take your work home. When we're at home, it's family time. Don't take it home. We've taught our clients to have business meetings together at work. For example, a husband-wife team. Wednesday morning, 10 a.m., we have a one-hour closed-door meeting on the business. Every Wednesday, it's booked. Staff are informed, no interruptions. As soon as you start bringing the work home and start discussing things, family disappears. And what happens is that stress is coming home instead of dealing with it on business hours at the place of business. Get in the routine of dealing with all business issues at business. Close the door, have a private meeting, but deal with it at work, not at home. Karen and I have a rule that we use at home. And that is because I travel so much and she's president of the company when I'm home, I I saw that we would just go around the house talking about business. So I instituted Richard's business rule number nine. And that is there's only one room in the house where we can talk about business. And that's my study. So if we're sitting at the table having dinner and one of us brings up business, we have to stop right then, go into study and have that conversation. If we're laying in bed and she brings up business, we have to get up out of bed right then and go into study. Because what I found many times, couples don't realize how much they talk about business at home when they work together. Exactly. And, and you know, it's one of the biggest causes of marriage breakdowns is yep. because they brought it home. Let's say that I'm a business owner and I come to you and I go, Bob, man, I need you, but I'm afraid of you. What's the biggest fear that you think you have to deal with with a business owner? That's a tough question. The biggest fear I find that I have to deal with in a business owner is perhaps their own insecurities. Um, the only reason they may be intimidated or afraid of the, the concept is that their own insecurities. So I've got to have that discussion. We're here to work on this together. We're going to be at exchanging questions back and forth and making sure that we have solid conversations. There is no silly question, and anything that you're not clear on, ask it again. And it's my job to make sure you clearly understand it. Otherwise, I'm not doing my job properly. Well, one of the things I've, I've found is that, you know, when, when fear takes over, all of a sudden it's like a, a roadblock to our mind. And yes. I've had people say to me, I'd love to work with you, but you scare the hell out of me. <laughs> because, and this is what I hear, you're going to make me face myself. Do you find resistance when you go inside of a business 
and all of a sudden they want you to focus on their people when you know your focus needs to be on them and their behavior? Absolutely. They always look at the staff as they're doing it wrong, and they don't look at the ownership saying, wait a minute, i got to learn to do it right first before I can expect my staff to do it right. But a lot of owners always think the staff are doing something wrong. They have never sat back and looked at how they spend a day. So one of the things I have every client do is I want you to write down everything you do every day for the next month. It goes back in a business. The behavior of all people in a business are consistent with the behavior of the owner. Absolutely. Yep. My last statement, and man, we could talk forever about this one. I'm the owner of the business. I'm ready to retire. I don't have any kids that want the business. And I'm going to put you on a time frame, Bob, in a minute. How do you talk to somebody who needs to sell their business, but they're not sure how to do it? Remember, business is business. It's not emotion. And too many people try to sell their business based on, I've got blood, sweat, and tears into this business. Therefore, you know, it's worth X amount of dollars. No. First thing, it goes back, we have found it takes now four to seven years to set up a business for succession or sale. The business must be profitable to support a payback of any loan. It must be profitable to pay the new owner a professional wage out of the business to make it worth their family's time. And you've got to have enough net income to move the business forward in a growth mode. So if you're going to sell your business Make sure those three things are in place. Otherwise, it's not worth very much money at all. And that's where your accountant comes into play to prove those numbers out. Bob, I know you've raised a lot of questions in probably the minds of some of the listeners. And uh, I'm just sorry we don't have more time. But if someone would like to seek you out or maybe ask you some questions or maybe even talk to you about helping them, how can they reach you? Two ways. They can call me directly at 1-800-267-5497, 1-800-267-5497, or send me an email, greenwood at aaec, apple, apple, edward, charlie, dot ca. Our website is aaec.ca. And one more time, that phone number? one 800 267 Five four nine seven. It's a North America toll-free number. Man, what a lot of wisdom you possess in this. And, you know, I can't begin to thank you enough for you agreeing to take your time out of your busy schedule to spend this time with me. 